hello, hello, and welcome everybody to our Wednesday edition of the Monorail Minute podcast. My name is Clayton, your host, and today is Wednesday, May 17th, and it is History Wednesday, where we will be spending our 15 to 20 minute trip around the resort monorail loop talking about a specific piece of Disney history. And as I mentioned on the introduction episode, some weeks we might be talking about things like specific attractions, so so think a overview of the Haunted Mansion's history or something like that, or we might be going into shows, a specific park, or heck, some weeks we may be covering different Imagineers that had significant impacts on the Disney parks, or heck, even Walt himself things like that are the intended topics for our History Wednesdays. And again, as really anything related to the show and a lot of what I've said before, the intent is just to be fun, to to learn some stuff about Disney history. I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you love Disney as much as I do. And I know I love to always learn more about the rich history that the company has. So I think this is going to be a fun way for us to to, to learn a bit more again about the company that we 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 love so um, this week is going to start off with a little bit of an interesting topic again there are going to be some weeks where the topic is quite broad others it's going to be more specific or i guess you could potentially say niche things even though niche may not be the best word or perfect word but we're not talking about something super broad like a whole park or waltz or anything like that. We are talking about something very specific, and that, for our very first episode of History Wednesdays on the Monorail Minute podcast, that topic is going to be Joffrey's Coffee, the official coffee of Disney World, Disneyland, and Disney Vacation Club. And A lot of you out there, hopefully, were excited to hear that that's the topic, or I guess you read it in the episode name and description, but Joffrey's Coffee, I personally love it as a Disney fan, and I often find myself at home reminiscing with my wife about, oh man, this morning I really could have gone for some Joffrey's Coffee and, you know, sit in Tomorrowland or sit in whatever location with a Joffrey's Coffee and just people watch and eat my delicious, delicious, delicious donut with 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 pink frosting and sprinkles <laughs> i just man i love it i love joffrey so much and i'm guessing a lot of you out there do as well and if you're not familiar that's totally okay as well you'll you'll definitely learn a lot throughout the course of of this show but um just to just to make it very clear overall joffrey joffrey's obviously is the coffee of disney parks or really disney in general And to be clear, any coffee that you see at Disney that isn't labeled Starbucks, that isn't explicitly Starbucks, is Joffrey's Coffee. So I would, even if you, I would wager that even if you aren't familiar with Joffrey's, you've probably had it before if you're a coffee drinker, or heck, maybe you've had the tea, or maybe you've had some of the desserts, or treats, or breakfast, things like that. So... Um, again, I, I would guess that most people listening know Joffrey's, and I would guess there's quite a few passionate Joffrey's fans out there that adore it. So either way, I hope everyone enjoys the quick history that I will be running through here about 
about Joffrey's and would definitely love to get your feedback as well about um, whether or not some of these details you were familiar with and also just in general why you love Joffrey's. I'd love to hear that. But without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and jump on in and go through for about the next 15 minutes or so the history of Joffrey's Coffee. So everything Joffrey's Coffee starts out with a man named Chris DiMezzo. He is a, a Italian American that is the current head roastmaster and COO of Joffrey's Coffee, but he's really the founder, and he's really where all of this story begins. In the 80s, he was working as an aluminum maker, of all things, and that was his career. But there was a recession in the United States and parts of the world in the early 80s that impacted our economy. And unfortunately, a lot of people lost their jobs. And Chris was unfortunately one of those people. So he was working as an aluminum maker, lost his job. And when that all happened, he decided to start brewing his own coffee at home. And he was using what I think is pretty funny looking back on it. He was using a very, very old single coffee maker. It was quite the retro coffee maker to make his coffee. He was working in just a two-room shop with his wife. And he was spending his entire day making coffee. He was getting up bright and early to make this coffee, devoting the whole day to it, and then he was devoting his whole night to selling his coffee and bringing it to local shops. He was located at the time in Tampa, and that's why Joffrey's has Tampa roots. This all started in Tampa. So he was selling to local stores, local vendors in Tampa, this coffee that he was making. What I think is very funny, though, right off the bat, is that interestingly enough chris wasn't a coffee drinker he wasn't actually trying any of the coffee that he had made until roughly one year in which i think is pretty incredible but once he started trying it and and tinkering with the different flavors based on his own tastes and experiences he was hooked and the other part of this that i think is is very cool on on the background piece and some of the why and really an important thing that shaped Joffrey's overall is is Chris's mother because she was a big inspiration for some of this. She was an Italian woman, loved to cook, and she was really, I would say, old-fashioned or potentially maybe even kind of free-flowing or experimental, I guess you could say, when it comes to cooking. She was the type of person that loved to tinker and really just use feel when it comes to different recipes. And she was the person that would use feel in her hands and fingers rather than getting out measuring cups or measuring spoons. It was all just, again, it, it was feel and just love of the craft and devotion to taste. And again, the feel aspect of things that was really the biggest, most important thing for her. And that really in- inspired Chris to, to focus on similar things and really have a dedication to quality. And so when Chris first opened a very first Joffrey's location in Tampa in 1984, quality was the uniqueness. That was the thing that stood out and gave the company an advantage over most other coffee shops or coffee sellers. 
Curse was actually the one of the very first specialty coffee roasters in the whole state of Florida, which I think is pretty incredible, given that this was the 80s. You would think that there would be quite a few before then, but apparently not. He was one of the first. And in order to get that designation, he had to use very specific specialty grade coffee beans from across the globe to make his coffee. And actually, what I thought was pretty impressive to hear as well is of all of the coffee beans that are produced every single day, only about 10% across the whole globe fit the criteria that is needed to be considered a specialty roaster. So again, Chris was making from the very beginning the best of the best stuff, which as a quick aside, you have to give him a lot of credit for. It would be one thing to start with potentially cheaper, less good quality coffee. And then down the line, once he's got a little bit more footing financially and has had some success to then get into some of the more top of the line stuff. But that's not what happened. From the very beginning, he was dedicated to making the best coffee. And honestly, that is what helped Joffrey's rise to have such incredible success that it that it has had ever since then. So led by quality, Joffrey's and the coffee that Chris was creating caught attention really by chance of a chef that worked at Disney who just so happened to visit Chris's shop where he was selling coffee in Tampa. And then the chef found himself being a reoccurring visitor and kept buying and loving the coffee that Chris was making. And rumor has it that this specific chef at at times was even selling, or I guess you could say serving, Joffrey's coffee or Chris's coffee within his restaurant at Disney as well. Eventually, one thing led to another and the coffee within this restaurant and the fondness of the chef led to Disney calling Chris DeMezzo to start to formulate some kind of a partnership. And it's pretty well documented that at the time of this phone call, again, Chris working in just a small two-room facility to make this coffee at home, he thought it was a joke. He thought, how could this actually be true? Why is the Disney Corporation calling me for this partnership? This has to be some kind of prank. But it wasn't a prank. It was the quality of Chris's coffee shining through and catching the taste buds and eyes of, of others. And this was the beginning of what would end up being a very long and successful partnership. 1995 is when this partnership officially went into case, into um, into fruition, and Chris's first store, Chris's first Joffrey's, opened up actually at Typhoon Lagoon Water Park in Florida, and then a second location opened up in Blizzard Beach as well. And right off the bat, it was essentially a trial period for Joffrey's and the Disney Company gave Chris and Joffrey some specific revenue numbers that it was looking for Joffrey's to hit. And Joffrey's was absolutely smashing those numbers because previously, just to be frank, the coffee at Disney was not that good. And again, with Chris's coffee being completely dedicated to quality, but also being affordable, it was a huge hit. And I guess pun intended, given the fact that this was first offered at water parks, it was really making waves. But again, even though we all obviously today know about where Joffrey's is, 
It wasn't all smooth sailing from this point on. Even though this relationship began in the 90s and is obviously flourishing today, it wasn't all smooth sailing. In the early 2000s, Joffrey's company was actually struggling quite a bit financially. And you would think, huh, if it's within the Disney parks and had at this point expanded to a bunch of different locations, how could it be struggling? Like, What is the issue? That doesn't seem to add up. The problem was Joffrey's was doing great in the parks and it was continuing to make fantastic top quality coffee, but Joffrey's outside of Disney wasn't doing a great job operating retail or brick and mortar stores or or coffee shops outside of Disney. And those coffee shops were losing a lot of money just because the company didn't have the expertise on how to succeed in the business side of things there. Again, making great coffee, but not necessarily running the business well. This led to some conversations between Joffrey's and Disney executives, and they came to an agreement and really the realization of we need to do we being Joffrey's, we need to do what we are best at, and that is making the best quality coffee possible. That's what we do. We're not in the coffee store business. We're in the coffee and coffee ingredient business. So that's who we are. That's what we're going to focus on. And naturally following that over the course of a little while, Joffrey's closed all of its non-Disney locations to focus on its strengths. And really, from that point on, that is where things took off. In 2012, Joffrey's became the official coffee of Walt Disney World, Disneyland, and the Disney Vacation Club. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, from this point forward, any coffee that you see at any Disney property that isn't explicitly labeled Starbucks is coffee from Joffrey's, whether you know it or not. And even though Joffrey's has tons of locations all across Disney parks and resorts. You can also buy the coffee online. And then nowadays, they actually have one single store in Midtown Tampa, just given the Tampa roots that the company has. But to go back to Disney specifically, as I'm sure a lot of you know, you can find Joffrey's coffee in in rooms, in any in, in most restaurants there's specific kiosk and qsr locations where you can find joffrey's as well as within specific restaurants and within some restaurants joffrey's even has some sig- some signature recipes as well so for instance in victoria and albert's restaurant in the grand floridian joffrey's has a special blend that is only served there and the same thing goes for tusker house for the riviera resort as well as a bunch of others so that's really cool and i think even beyond that what i think is really awesome is not only is this coffee delicious and affordable but obviously there's the association and with with the the love that ties it to Disney and because of that relationship like I said I I think back all the time to sitting with my wife at a park and and drinking my delicious coffee and obviously the relationship with both Joffrey's and Disney play a role in those memories so I think what's really cool is again the online store that Joffrey's has where whether you live 
in Orlando or somewhere else in Florida or halfway across the country and nowhere near a Disney park, you can easily go online and order the coffee that you drink within the parks. So then that way you have the little bit of vacation taken home with you as well. So you always have that that Disney feeling with you. Even when you're working on a random Tuesday, you wake up in the morning, you're tired, and you know, you're not looking forward to the day, but hey, what better to get you going than the delicious taste of Joffrey's, as well as that nostalgia and those happy memories that you think back to, again, sitting on a bench, drinking and and eating Joffrey's in, in a park. So love that aspect of it. It's great that you can take Joffrey's home with you. And there's a, a couple other things in the last few minutes here that I'll mention that I think are pretty impressive. Really what I was surprised by or a couple of the things is the fact that Joffrey serves a bunch of different kinds of coffee and a bunch of different kinds of tea. So to start off with coffee, it's anything from espressos, organic coffee, flavored coffee, cold brew, um, different varietals and and blends. And, and even beyond that, it's all different. I guess those are variants. I guess you could say types or or I guess bag types. So different, you could buy coffee beans or you could also buy for, for certain of certain varieties, you can also buy single serve K-cup pods as well, which I think is really cool just to have that option. And then, then there's even subscriptions that you're able to buy into on the Joffrey site where you can get different types of coffee sent to you on, um, on more of a reoccurring automatic basis, which I think is pretty cool. And then again, when you go into some of the specific Disney varieties, there's a whole ton to pick from. So there's obviously the resort blend that you, you get at, at resorts and parks actually at Disney, but they have a bunch of cool specialty things as well. Like the one of the, the one of the new items right now is the Little Mermaid Part of Your World blend that they sell. They have a Disney 100 blend. They have a Disney Hoppity Ever After blend that was made specially for the Easter holiday. And then they sell, like I said online, a bunch of the specific variants that you can get at parks. So right now I'm looking for looking through their website and for just $15.99 you can buy a pretty large bag of 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 grounds from the coffee that they specifically serve only at Victoria and Alberts at the Grand Floridian. So the fact that you're able to get this specialty coffee at home, whether it be again Victoria and Alberts, Tusker House, Hollywood Brown Derby specific in-room French roast coffee. I just think it's really cool, once again, that you could bring that coffee home. And then lastly, the one other important thing to note is that Joffrey's does an incredible job, in my opinion, of being charitable and making a positive impact on our world with the success that it's having and has had for many years. So, in addition to the cool Disney coffees that it has, it has some other varieties as well, of course, of coffee and tea. And some of them give special proceeds to different charitable organizations or causes. So, for instance, they have a Valor blend that they sell 
Um, it's a bold roast ground coffee, so you can get a bag of the normal coffee, you can get it in a bag of decaf, or you can get it in different size boxes of single-serve K-cups. And that is coffee that was developed to benefit a specific military charity, specifically Task Force Dagger. And it's a nonprofit that assists members of the special forces. And the tie here was inspired by one of the Joffrey's team members who had previously served as a Green Beret in, in obviously, our, our special forces. So pretty incredible there that's that Joffrey's again is, is using its success to make a positive impact on our world. And then along similar lines, you can also buy coffee from Joffrey's that is the Wish Makers blend. It's it's listed as being a flavorful, well-balanced blend of Central and South American beans with an enticing, rich aroma. And this is bag coffee, and of course, if you couldn't figure it out given the name. It is one that a portion of the proceeds benefit the local chapter of the Make-A-Wish Foundation. So again, Joffrey's doing great work, and I think no matter what, you have to appreciate that. So that wraps us up for today. I hope everybody enjoyed learning a bit more about Joffrey's. And I know that I personally, especially after this, can't wait to... In my next trip to a Disney park, again, like I keep going back to sitting on that bench, eating that delicious donut, people watching and sipping my delicious coffee. And heck, I this might even inspire a, a purchase on the website. I, I'm staring at the Valor Blend right now, and I was also thinking about maybe getting the Hollywood Brown Derby variety because that's one of my favorite restaurants. Or heck, I think my wife would even like especially the... Um, maybe the Encanto blend. I don't know. I'll have to do some looking, but that's for me to do after signing off here. So folks, again, really appreciate the time. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed and I hope you have a very magical rest of your day.